Welcome to My Hometown Artist Podcast. We talk about showing up authentically on social media as an artist, creative, or right-brained entrepreneur, so you can do what you love. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm here to help you find self-growth, expand your work, and have more fun trying new things. We stay curious and focus on being solution-driven. Let's get to it. I'll ask you first question just to get started. Can you introduce yourself by telling us your name and what you do? Sure. My name is Courtney and I am a digital artist and I'm from Rochester, New York. And I've been doing digital art like exclusively now for just over four years. And I've You know, I've been uh, an artist for as long as I can remember, but professionally speaking, I started with photography in high school and that went on to uh, my college degree in graphic design. From there, I was a freelance photographer, photo editor, graphic designer. Once I started dabbling more in the digital art, now that's more exclusively what I do. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of backgrounds for a lot of artists and even (laughs) my own background. It's like, well, I was dipping my toe and lots of things. And then I realized that I I could actually like say a lot and I had my own style. That that's kind of when it's kind of like an aha moment where everything comes into place, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love your style of work. It's so, it's soothing, but it's super punchy to me. It's vibrant. It's full of so many colors, which is kind of rare. I feel like I don't see that a lot. How did you find that to be your style? Did you experiment with that for a long time? I did. And I agree with you, actually. That's one of the main reasons that my path kind of led me down that that road of finding that kind of style was because I was always the kind of art that I've been attracted to. And like, even as a little kid for as long as I can remember anything with really bright bursts of colors have always like really drawn my attention and you don't see that anywhere really. And I was like, if I'm not seeing this art anywhere else, why not make it myself? And when I started getting into photography and graphic design and stuff, there was still a lot of limitations with that and anything traditionally traditional art wise that I tried to do with like sketching or painting or anything like that. Like it's still, my skills weren't up to par, but also I still couldn't get my artwork to look how I, where I felt happy with it. And once I started working digitally um, on my iPad about four years ago, that came to be where I started experimenting more with landscapes and that sort of stuff. So trying to blend like those traditional kind of techniques in a digital format. And then from there, I started experimenting what kinds of brushes can I use? What kinds of color profiles can I use? And like with Procreate, um, using Procreate on my iPad, um, you know, I started making brushes and trying out a whole bunch of different stuff. And 
you know, layering on top of layering and seeing how colors interacted with each other and that sort of stuff. My current art style, like everything you see behind me, that's taken me a good over two years worth of that digital kind of experimentation to get my art to be how it looks now on a more consistent level. Wow. Yeah. Procreate is a beast to master. (laughs) You definitely figured out how to use it in a way that's expressing what you want because mm-hmm. I've I've been only I've been using Procreate for like a year just for personal projects mm-hmm. and only the last two things that I made I really enjoyed cuz it's like <laughs> it's bigger than Photoshop it's bigger than Illustrator it's it's everything mm-hmm. so that's yeah. great thank you uh for yeah definitely for me before I bought my iPad and I started experimenting with Procreate before that, all I had was my MacBook Pro, and I was doing everything with just the t- like the touchpad mouse. So oh. all of my graphic design projects, all of my photo editing, I was doing on like a super small screen with just that mouse, and I wasn't very proud of my work after a while. I was like, I felt like I was stagnating a lot. There was only so much I could do. So for me, branching out and doing Procreate, it's opened up a whole new world for me, I feel like. Great. And then you have a few different options for how you give give your work out to the world. You have digitals, you do custom projects, and you have originals. Is that right? Yes. I So okay. I started originally with just creating digital versions of my original work and selling them electronically that way. Um, but then I moved into actually making physical prints and originals of my work that way. And that to me is probably the best move I've ever made, you know, cause it's led me to be able to, within this last year, I had my first showcase in a gallery, my first time participating in the arts festival. Nice. So actually like having my work in a physical format was definitely the best decision I ever made. But yeah, so so thanks. And so, yeah, I have originals and prints of my work and um, some of them are like bundles of many, many prints together. Um, And commissions are definitely my most popular thing. Still not very consistent, but definitely the most popular option of what I've offered. Okay. And what do you want to do more of? What do you like incorporating into your work? For me, I would love just to be able to share my art with more people and have a bigger audience. And obviously, I think any artist that's trying to do this on the professional level can agree, you know, being able to sell more of my work, make, you know, short term supplemental income would be ideal, you know, just having something consistent, some consistent workflow there. Um, Long term, though, I definitely want to be a full time artist someday. Right now, currently, I'm a teacher aide and Um, I, I love my job, but like art has been my passion for as long as I can remember. And I don't want to lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was just listening to another podcast yesterday about how the journey of finding your career can sometimes be like we focus so much on those titles we're doing, but honestly, mm-hmm. it's for especially for creative people, it's whatever allows you to keep those core like actions and skills a part of you is what mm-hmm. I focus on and that's how I got to be able to be a manager for artists is because I was just so focused on picking out those creative people and whatever I was doing and Mm -hmm. like focusing on them and having conversations with them. So that's kind of how I envision an artist career going. It's, it's really messy and it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen in a straight line and it's not going to be like anyone else, but it's so exciting when you get there. Do you have Mm -hmm. a loose strategy of how you decide what to post on social media and where you post and what you do? Well, for me, it's it's a very loose kind of relaxed strategy. I mean, I, I probably should be more structured at it than I am. But a lot of it's just experimentation because of, you know, all like the algorithms or what's trending or whatever, like tr- just trying different things to see what works. But I just try to post as consistently as I can. And I'm always practicing like I I struggle a lot with the content writing part. So like how to write engaging posts or posts that pique other people's interests. Because I, I can share my artwork, uh, you know, you know, and as much as I can, but how to gain that interest from other people, that's where I struggle. My strategy is honestly like kind of lackluster because I don't know what works and what doesn't. I'm just kind of sharing my stuff and hoping for the best. But TikTok is where I've actually... I have more fun posting there and I also feel like I get the most like organic and genuine engagement that way. Like more people like commenting, I'm able to respond to them and kind of start a conversation at least that way with like Instagram and Facebook. I've been on those for years and hardly anything's come out of that, unfortunately. Yeah. I felt the same way about, TikTok when I was just exploring it, kind of doing deep dives into why people are more apt to like communicate and connect with others on there. And it's mm-hmm. it's the way that the app is designed and the way it presents videos to you. It, it makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're not really under a microscope. You're more just in your own like room kind of, and you're just talking yeah. to to people there. I noticed that a lot of your videos you like to do voiceovers of your work is that something that just like you're just showing the artwork and then you're talking behind it is that what you settled on as what you're comfortable doing for the most part yeah and I had just started that not too long ago for the first maybe year and a half two years on TikTok I didn't I didn't use my voice at all so um you know, I did like the text to speech kind of thing for a long time. Um, so I did try like a couple of like live streams on there. And I tried a, a couple of like pre-recorded videos of me talking to the camera. And I'm still trying to get more comfortable with that. But 
voiceovers for me is definitely where I'm more comfortable. I feel like I can still be more authentic and direct that way with like talking to people, but without so much of that nervousness of like, I, I have to have a script or, you know, I have to look or act a certain way on camera versus I can just show my work and then record my voice faceless later. Yeah, that's my, that's my in-between step that I give my clients for when they aren't ready to show their face. I say, okay, do a voiceover then get comfortable with, you know, the cadence of your voice, because even that is, is terrifying Mm because we have, we're so like used to how it sounds in our heads. But then when we hear it in a recording, we're like, um, like I'm kind of self-conscious about it. So that's like a great step (laughs) to like, yeah, to like showing video of yourself talking because it's, it's very an out of body experience if you haven't done it before. And that's the same exact thing that I did to get comfortable with it. It was kind of like just being thrown into water. Um, mm-hmm. I also kudos to you for doing live, live stuff on TikTok. <laughs> Do you feel like that has been beneficial for you or have you seen or feel like you're growing at all from doing that? No, I've, I've only done it a couple of times and at most I've had maybe two people stick around and see it um, or watch it. And I have a really hard time planning out, you know, if I get the sudden like motivation to be like, maybe I should do a live stream or I should do a video of me like physically talking to the camera. I, I don't know what to talk about or I don't know what to show. And in terms of anything involving like showing my process or anything like that, or like time lapses. I, I love doing those, but at the same time, that's where I'm most nervous. And I feel like I mess up and fumble a lot more. It kind of gets me out of that flow of being able to work more seamlessly without worrying about feeling like I having, I have eyes on me without actually having eyes on me or um, you know, kind of like that feeling of like sitting at your desk and feeling like someone's looking over your shoulder. Like, that's how I feel. I, I want to overcome that anxiety and show more of my art in real time, like through live streams and stuff that way. Eventually, I just got to I got to get over that anxiety. <laughs> right. And it's not an overnight thing. I feel like the first couple times I did a live, it was you know, there was less viewers, which was easier to handle, but Mm -hmm. I was way more nervous. And the only thing that remedied that was, was messing up and seeing that no one remembered or cared. And by mess up, I mean, like, I just fumbled over my words or didn't know what to say for a few seconds. And in your mind, you're like, you know, your head is just blowing up, but this is going horribly. But then when it ends, someone will like DM me and be like, that was really great. Like I didn't, they don't notice anything bad. They're just happy to be there. And Mm -hmm. I love to keep, because TikTok live is really interesting. Once you get past a certain threshold of average viewers is when it actually starts to, to generate new people to see your work. Um, it, it takes about like three months of doing it at least once a week for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I like to do is I keep a list of questions that others have asked me like in comments or in real life or on a podcast and say, these are some questions that people 
have asked before. So if I don't have anyone asking a question, I, I pull up the document and I start just rambling about that or any of the questions on there. So that might be slightly helpful if you're thinking about doing that again, just to keep in mind. That's a good idea. Yeah. For, for me too, a, a lot of the intimidation comes from like feeling like pressured to fill the silence a lot of the time, even just little things. Like if someone were to comment like, hi, how are you? It's like, okay, but the conversation kind of stops there. So I'm like, what, what else do I talk about? You know? Yeah. It's sometimes I like to uh, describe it as like, un like releasing the gate in your head of all your internal thoughts and kind of letting them spill out. So that's, that's kind of scary for some people, but for me, it's kind of just like a slow mumble of constant rambling. <laughs> but people, people are like, well, that's how I think that's what I'm doing in my head all day. So now they just hear someone saying that stuff out loud. It's kind of what, what right. the lives are for. Um, right. Do you, and then you had a rebrand of your, your visual like brand identity. Did that yeah, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Can you explain um, what you went through to do that? And if that changed anything on your social posts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my, my logo and all that kind of stuff pretty much stayed the same. I've just added a lot more vibrant color and trying to incorporate that more because my art style is such a huge part of that identity of how my art looks or how I share it on social media. Like that's how I, I hope that my work is able to be recognized or, you know, appreciated more. So I wanted that to reflect in my branding aspect of things. But for a long time, uh, like I said, I focused more on photography and graphic design and me branching out into this world of creating uh, more illustrative stuff. I've kind of put those roots of being a photo editor or graphic designer, I've kind of put those on the back burner. And so I want... I want that to reflect in my branding and, you know, be more inviting, more, more colorful, more, more of a space for other artists to be inspired or people that enjoy art content to be more inspired to be like, oh, let's check this out. And I, I, I just want that to be like a safe, creative space for people. So I, I wanted to move away, branch away from the photography and graphic design side of things, which I, in terms of my branding, I kept very monochromatic and stuff a lot of the time. So it's like a polar opposite now of how I started. That's so interesting. Isn't that yeah. funny how that always plays out? Like there's <laughs> always something beautiful about it. I love the idea of creating a safe space because the, the idea of so something being a safe space on the internet is like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. But when you're doing it, you realize that like, sometimes those people that comment, that's like their only time to talk about their creative side and what they're thinking about, or like just that all those right brained activities, sometimes that's the only place they talk about it. And you don't know, you know, how precious that is in their day. And I also noticed that you have kind of documented your growth on your page you can see like how you change in your style and your voice 
Do you mm-hmm. feel like that was hard to do to share? Like, do you find yourself going back and wanting to delete posts or like <laughs> feeling insecure at all about it? Cause I've heard that before. No, maybe the idea of it at first kind of scared me a little bit or made me self-conscious, but for me, I think it's really empowering to look back at that stuff. And I'm, I'm a very like sentimental reminiscent person about that kind of stuff. I'm always looking back at my old sketchbooks or my old digital files and like my old Behance portfolio and looking at stuff from my college days and stuff. I'm always looking back at that stuff. So for me, especially at times where I'm kind of having an art block, I don't know what to make. I will go back and be like, oh, let's let's see how much better I've gotten from eight years ago or let's try something different. Or so for me, it's a great source of a great tool for inspiration for something to make something new. But also I think in terms of sharing it on social media, especially with those that aren't familiar with me or know me personally. I think showing those older works versus my newer ones, I think is a good testament to how much I've grown. And, you know, it sets a good example of no matter how long you've been an artist for, how much experience you have, you know, if you just do it as a hobby or if you're a professional, like there's always room for progress and room for growth. And I think it shows a good example for me, the quality of my current work, you know, like for anyone that might be interested in buying art or commissioning a custom piece, you know, this is kind of a display of like, you know, you're getting the absolute best possible results from what I can do. Like all of my prints and everything turn out even more beautiful than I think they're going to. And I I want that kind of reassurance for people that might be hesitant to support artists, especially from an online viewpoint of being, you know, having kind of that evidence of like, I, you know, I stand by my word of this is how I've grown and I promise you to deliver the best work possible. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's great because I always feel like something that is missing a lot when I'm like auditing pages is there's no sense of like coming along a journey with an artist and seeing all the different versions of themselves. I feel like when that is missing, it's really hard to get commissions or to sell prints because your work could connect with someone, but if we don't know what went into all that, you know, we don't really know what your artist life is like. We don't know like why you keep going. Cause we didn't know where you started. So it's, it's a balance of like, yeah, you can feel insecure sometimes, but it's okay to acknowledge that it's all perfect the way it is, even the road bumps and all that. And sharing that is so powerful because we just see this perfect version of like, a few artists who go viral or they're doing really well or they seem like they're doing well. And we're like, well, you know, I haven't gone through that. So maybe I shouldn't share my story because it wasn't perfect. But I love, I love that so much. And I saw that in some of your posts. I was like, 
This is fantastic. I love that. Thank you. And, and as far as selling prints, do you have a place that you send your your potential clients that let's say someone lands on your TikTok page, where do they go to work with you? How do you set up that kind of funnel? So initially for a couple of years, I used Wix for my website and that just got to be so expensive that I switched platforms for that. So I remade my website, but I don't have the commerce side of it anymore. Just, just financially, I can't do it right now. So I, I still lead everybody to my, my website and also like my private messages and stuff on social media is always open for people to contact me that way. I have a form on my website for commissions with like my terms and conditions and stuff, kind of like a contract sort of thing and to know what kind of project someone is requesting me for. And anything regarding like my prints and stuff, as of right now, I just have like my email and social media um, messaging just due to the fact of like the website platforms. It's just all very expensive. So I just don't have the commerce side of that right now. So I set everything up for my products through Square And so I have like little like online checkout links that I can send people for those just kind of as a temporary, I guess, until I kind of have a more consistent flow of people that I can justify for, you know, like the online shopping on my website again. Mm -hmm. It just was so inconsistent. I couldn't justify doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't think that's a must have. Having a full website is a huge undertaking to create. I think Mm -hmm. whatever works for you. I think the only thing that I like to ask is of my clients is to, is to like test that, test it with like a stranger or, or someone, you know, that's a friend of yours and just say, like, how easy is, is this for you? Like, are you getting confused like if you click on the link in my bio, does it make sense? Like just that kind of like question and like testing so that you can make sure that even if it's not what you what you think you should have, it's still working so that people um, feel comfortable and they feel like it's easy because humans are so lazy. They just want it to be as easy as humanly possible. Yeah. So <laughs> I like to I like to like make the whole process that way. I know you mentioned trying to show some of your process on your live TikTok streams. Do you have any structure for like what you show or how much you show of your process, like the materials and things like that? Do you have any boundaries when it comes to showing how you make your work? Most of what I've done, and like I said, I haven't done much just due to the anxiety of it. What I typically do, I'll show like little snippets, like step-by-step or, you know, different stages of a project. And I have shared, because since I use Procreate, I do share time lapses occasionally, but I I just don't do it consistently enough to really have a plan in place. I, I find for me, especially on TikTok, for my pre-recorded videos anyway, 
showing a project in different stages, I find has been the most successful for me. Because, like I said, during live streams and stuff, I've just, you know, kind of like frozen, frozen and not know what to say, what to do, or fumbling mm-hmm. a lot over my words or messing up on a project or something. And that part in terms of real time showing my process hasn't been very successful so far, but I hope to get better at that. Yeah. I mean, it's a process. You don't wake up and then overnight you're good at something. It's kind of more like, like instead of a steady incline, it's more like it goes down sometimes the line goes up sometimes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just stagnant for like a couple months. And that's the, the point is, is that you're still showing up to do something. And that's, that's puts you above, you know, 50% of everyone else who's trying. Um, and just, it, it's gonna pay off no matter what, if you keep trying to do it. I like to have like a rule where every Friday I'll, whatever the thing is I'm trying to get better at, I'll set like a timer for like 30 minutes on a Friday and I'll just go into it and like figure out what do I need? Like, what's the roadblock that's happening? And then if I don't feel like doing it the rest of the week, I don't worry about it. It's just like the minimum of yeah. the amount of time I put into it. I feel like the way you show up is really great because you're posting consistently and you're comfortable sh- like talking with your voice and we have endless examples of your work. So that's checking off like three of the biggest boxes right there. So Yeah, I'm really excited to see where it goes for you. Do you have, I want to give you an opportunity to ask me any questions about, you know, anything you're struggling with, or if you feel like something might be helpful to help you just grow on your social media. Do you have any questions that um, you've thought of recently that you might want to ask? Uh, For me, one of my biggest struggles, like I said, is the writing aspect, writing engaging posts, or, you know, keeping up with the, you know, the trending stuff on social media. Um, I struggle so much because, say, for example, on Instagram, I get at most maybe nine or 10 likes, maybe. And I have about only 600 followers on there and that's after six plus years on Instagram, Facebook. I've been on there for over six years as well and been in multiple different art groups and things like that, trying to build that part of my community and less, less than 300 people. So I've tried, I've tried videos. I've tried reels. I've tried, the live streaming. I've tried all sorts of stuff. And for me, it's so hard to make or write engaging content that, you know, benefits other people or interests other people, you know, to engage with my work or even like give my work a chance. And that's the most discouraging part. So I guess I would ask, like, what is your advice for that for writing content or making content that other people enjoy Mm. yeah there's everybody who who gains like follower growth from that and and more likes and views they Mm -hmm. found a really specific sweet spot in whatever they do so Mm -hmm. 
for example, on the, the path that you're going now, I would definitely keep focusing on short form video. Um, and, and even less in terms of like posts, but more taking, taking some video and making that go as far as it could possibly go. Because when we're talking about growing in views and followers and likes, it's going to be about posting consistently and at least three times a week. So to make that happen, you need to have, you know, a content workflow that includes taking one really quality piece of content and stretching that as far as it'll go. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you're really comfortable doing voiceovers, I think a great thing would be to create um, like a live stream, but use like a really great angle of the work that you're creating. So make sure that it's lit well and there's, you know, or like natural light on it while you're doing it, as opposed to, you know, some lives will do it in the dark. Um, Or you you don't even have to go live and do it. You could just record it while you're working on like one piece for maybe you do it for a couple hours. So you record, let's say like 30 minutes of video of you working on it from two different angles. And then I would take that and instead of doing a voiceover that is talking about just the piece or um, what you're thinking about that day, I would focus on the conversations that are happening in your niche of the art world. So in the on TikTok, you could look up trending topics to do with like your medium or your style or just artists who do other lives like you and do a style similar to yours and look at the conversations they're having and what they're talking about. Like, for example, we were having a lot of conversations about AI art um, on TikTok lately, and that's kind of universal for all artists, but maybe, you know, you find out that other people that are similar to you are talking about, you know, a certain new tool on Procreate or something, then you could talk about those things over your voiceovers when you're showing that quality video so that, you know, they come and they're, they get hooked by the fact that it looks gorgeous and there's a human, real human talking to them, but then the conversation is what keeps them there for longer than those first couple seconds. Because I noticed that if artists do voiceovers, they tend to get a really low retention rate and they'll have people scroll past them after the first couple of seconds. And that's because the conversation isn't timely or trending or topical. So that's a good way to kind of, and you you can of course experiment with sharing your story um, and writing that down, but it's easiest to kind of give your opinion on something that's happening because that is going to give you the most traction and views for people just to get exposure. Does that, does that all make sense to you? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I, I've noticed a lot of the time with my videos because I get so stumped on what to talk about. I worry that my videos come off, you know, kind of like a begging or pleading, like, like, please stick around, follow for more, or, you know, here's my art available for sale. I offer commissions, you know, it's just the same repetitive kind of stuff. And I hate that feeling like I'm just like begging and that's not the kind of attention I want my art or my social media to have. That's the biggest limitation I got to break myself out of is, knowing how to find those different kinds of topics to talk about 
that engage people because I, I know when I'm scrolling through videos, having those videos coming up that, you know, are just begging for sales and stuff, I, I don't enjoy those either. And so I don't want that to reflect from me onto other people either. So I, I definitely want to improve on how I'm speaking, what I'm talking about, and just being there to support and engage other people. You know, I, I want to get better at that and not just feeling so discouraged that no one likes my work. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And I see that a lot where they put effort, artists put effort into what they do in their social posts and their reaction isn't enough to justify how much they're caring and the energy they're putting in and yeah. how they, how attached they feel to it. So it's a great idea if, you know, if you want to get more ideas to, to look at other artists who you have, feel a connection with and you, you see their work and you see maybe they're, they have a few more like good analytics than, than you that's more improved, like more followers or more, li more likes. And mm -hmm. you can just, you know, save those videos of theirs that, that feel great to you. And then when you're doing your content planning, come back to those videos and say, what was it that made me stay? What was it that about their page that I like? And you can say, well, they're just a cool person, but really diving into it and saying, well, when they do voiceovers, they talk like this and they talk about this for this length of time. And um, also selling is, it's a great time to study how other, how others do that is to, mm -hmm. when you feel like you're ready to sell something, you know, paying attention to how they do it and when they do it, how often they do it, because marketing is not just, you know, it's just not just saying I am selling something. It's saying, this is who I am and this is what I care about. And these are the topics that I want to have a voice in. And, you know, people will naturally gravitate, gravitate towards that. And selling is not always the act of saying this is for sale and this is where you can go. Selling can be sharing your story and sharing an opinion, um, showing the behind the scenes of like how you're growing and learning. That's that's all still counts as marketing yourself. You don't have to to feel bad about doing any of it. So it's a lot to handle though, to like learn yeah. to get good at. It takes <laughs> a long time. It, it's very overwhelming and very intimidating, especially especially from an artist's standpoint on social media, it's so such a saturated market of like, there's no way anybody's going to see anything I make is like, how, how do you break through that barrier of like, what, what can I do to stand out more or what will draw more people in? Mm, yeah. I love, I love that question because it is the goal to to be seen, but it's also like no one knows actually what that means of mm -hmm. of standing out. What that means for me, based on what I've seen work and get people to their goals, is being super clear about who you are and being really transparent and authentic in what you post. So as opposed to focusing on, you know, using trends or 
how can I make this live the most exciting live ever? It's more, how can I bring who I am to this and do it consistently and do it in a way that is, is genuinely wanting to connect with others. Cause I've never followed an artist or, or purchase anything from them. If I didn't feel like I could be their friend or like, I at least knew what their top three values were as, yeah. as a person. And I think we get so focused on like kind of quote unquote hacking it to like get where we want to be. Cause we think that's what others are doing. And yeah, sometimes people go viral for being really over the top entertaining or different. Um, but if, if your goal is like creating long-term full-time income that comes from creating a relationship of authenticity with the page and with your followers and and being engaged in that way and so that's usually the goal for most artists so i say you know use use the trends if you have an idea to do something new do that but focus on bringing the most of yourself that you're comfortable bringing to the page um as consistently as you can you know not just when you feel like it but every day that's that's kind of how i would summarize how i go about it yeah definitely i i agree for for me that is the approach i i try to take every day like as anxious as i am about like talking on camera or you know not knowing what to say or what to show i am very straightforward and honest you know um i have shared plenty of times in the past like on my Instagram and Facebook before I even got into TikTok, sharing more behind the scenes of like, this is where I started. This is where I am now. These are my struggles. This is what I'm proud of, you know, sharing more of just like the personality, you know, like there, there's a person behind the screen and I want, I, I want people to be able to know that and appreciate that and be like, Oh, okay. This is the person I, I can connect to and I can see where they're coming from or why, you know, like why I make the art that I do or, you know, like how I started, why, why I'm here now. Like I, I want people to be able to see that for, for me, once I started getting into TikTok and you know, every day something different comes up on there, a trending hashtag or a trending sound or whatever. It's like, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> and I don't understand mm -hmm. half of it. So, you know, I, I try to just share my art when I can. And like I said, my, my biggest struggle there is just not sounding too like preachy or desperate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I try not to get so hung up on like the trends if that is a way to connect with people or to at least show up on people's pages to be like oh you can actually see me uh, then so be it I'm I'm willing to try like certain trends and stuff but I do try to be as authentic as possible you know fighting through my anxiety or you know if the algorithms or whatever are going to be in my favor kind of thing just kind of hoping for the mm -hmm. best oh, I think you're doing a fantastic job I think 
if a trend speaks to you and you immediately have an idea of how you could use that and it, it's feasible, then totally do it. Um, that's that's how I do it. You know, if there's a trend and I'm like, I like this, I could think of something fun to do with this, then I'll do it. But if not, then I let it go. I'm like, there'll be five more tomorrow. It's okay. <laughs> like you can always, yeah, you can always like do it in a way that feels good to you. If you ever feel like the anxiety is not like a good anxiety, like, like, oh, butterflies about trying something new, but it feels like bad anxiety. Then I just like, I just pull back. I'm like, nope, that's not, that's not me. I think you're doing a great job though. I would totally focus on, yeah, what you're doing right now is, is perfect. I think getting better at the things you're comfortable at doing is a great next step. And your website has really great language on it. So Uh I would totally like use Uh that as kind of a way to, to get ideas. That would be a great Uh next step. Thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate your time so much. And thank you. you know, you're busy. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I love, I know that if you're not watching, if you're listening to the audio version, they won't see the Zoom, but the back of your wall is just beautiful. It looks like <laughs> an artist's home. And I think, um, thank you. It really, it really reminds me of your work, just like all the color. Do you have um, somewhere you want people to find you, to work with you, or? How should people contact you if they want to know more about what you do? Oh, definitely. So I run my art pages under the name Courtney Lee Designs. So uh, hashtag Courtney Lee Designs for TikTok, uh, underscore Courtney Lee Designs for Instagram. And I'm on Facebook as well. And my website is CourtneyLeeDesigns.com. And that's where you can see my whole portfolio, everything about me and my background, Um, my form for my commissions, all that stuff is on my website. And that also has the links to all my social media and stuff as well. And anything in regards to if there's any prints or originals of mine that people are interested in, just feel free to DM me or email me. And that's all available on my website as well. Great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I really Thank appreciate you. your time and telling us all these all these things in your head because we're all thinking it and everybody's everybody's thinking it and everybody's a little bit terrified of everything. So yeah, yeah I really appreciate it. Thank you for spending time with me today. You can submit questions and apply to be on the podcast or just chat with us on our Discord server by visiting me on Instagram or TikTok and searching for the name Hanala, H-A-N-N-A-L-A-H, and then clicking on the link in my bio. Please make sure to leave us a review. It helps me so much to connect with more brilliant artists and creatives. I can't wait to talk to you all again soon.